This is episode 25 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gelner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, extraordinary women. We just got our first snow of the season this week. You know, I'm just so not ready for big winter yet. But I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a snippet of winter weather before we move back into our fall because I'm really loving all the beautiful fall colors that actually made it through that first snow that we had just yesterday. I've been up in the high country enjoying our fall foliage several times these past few weeks. And it truly is just one of my favorite times of the year. I love the smells. I love the colors. It's just beautiful. And for me, fall always signals a time to get really reflective on my life and on my work. And so it's a time just to really tune in and to listen. What is it that I'm letting go of? What is it that I want more of? There are big waves of newness unfolding in my business, and I'm so excited about what's coming down the pipeline. I'm going to be launching a lot of this over the next few months, but right now, the most immediate focus that I'm working on right now is Extraordinary Women Ignite 2018. And yes, it's 2018 because guess what, guys? It's just around the corner. This is the third year that I've hosted this annual event, and I love the timing of it just before the new year sets in. You know, I used to be one of those ones who waited until January 1st to do my dreaming and my planning for the year. You know, the vision boards, the sitting down and journaling on January 1st. But the problem with that is, is that by the time you really get into the year, you're a few months in before you actually start getting things done. And you lose about a quarter of your year before you even get started. I shifted this cycle for my business and for my personal introspection and planning several years ago, and it really makes a difference on how a year unfolds. And that's why I do Extraordinary Women Ignite each year in November. And this year, it's November 2nd and 3rd in beautiful downtown Golden, Colorado. It's one of my favorite little towns. It's a beautiful little town. It's got the old western look and feel to it. It sits on a river on the foothills of the mountains, and it's just a beautiful place to get really introspective. And we're going to be pausing to tune into our hearts and our souls and all that inner wisdom that has been calling to us to say, you know, there, is there something new for you in 2018 that's supposed to unfold? And in fact, right now, right here, I invite you to pause just for just a moment. What is it that you want to make happen in 2018? Is this the year that you finally take a big leap? Is this the year that you step up in a bigger way and be seen and be heard to really start making a difference in the world in a new way? I know I'm hearing this from a lot of people right now. A lot of people are really ready to step up and own their gifts. And if you're hearing a big yes, if there's something more for you, and yes, I'm ready, I invite you to jump out to my website at camigelner.com and see if Ignite feels like a fit for you. And this is what I know about Ignite. It changes lives. I've had clients make huge leaps from this event. 
I love the stories that my clients tell years later and they say, you know what, Ignite helped me find clarity. I hear from them, it helped me get over my fears and I finally said yes to whatever that might be. Um, I've had people launch businesses. I've had people um, quit jobs and find a new job. I've had people leave bad relationships. I've had people say yes to a wedding. And you know, what I know is that clarity opens doors and that's what Ignite does. And this makes me happy because I get people doing the work and living the life that they're meant to do in this world. It's about the ripple effect of helping people. And generally when you help someone, they turn around and go help even more people. And it becomes a bigger ripple effect. And that's my purpose in this life. And speaking of people helping people, today's guest, Lori Bachman is an expert in the world of people helping people. Lori literally wrote the book on mentoring, Mentor Shift. She is on a mission to help businesses improve their organizational results and bottom line ROI of their mentoring programs. Through Lori's signature mentoring model, Mentor Shift, she teaches businesses and individuals her mentoring processes that keep key talent in the business. She shares some of her mentoring wisdom on today's episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. So how is it, how do you be a good mentor? How do you be a good mentee? Take a listen today and think about how you can be mentoring others in your life. I think we all should be mentoring people. Lori also shares her personal story of making the leap out of the aerospace industry to become this world-class leader in the world of mentoring. So let's meet Lori Bachman of MentorShift. Well, welcome, Lori. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. Glad yes. Glad to be here, Cammie. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, I was trying to remember where we actually even met, and I think it was at a Women in Leadership, one of Amy Fowler-Stadler's events that she hosts every year in Denver. Yeah, that was it. I was on the panel that year, and that's how we met. Yes, and then I had you come be part of my Extraordinary Women Connect events as a Circle of Inspiration facilitator. Which was wonderful. And it's just been fun getting to know you and follow your work and see all the good that you're putting out into the world. Well, thank you. Likewise. Ah, thank you so much. So let's start with um, you telling me about your own personal story of transition. I know you were in the aerospace industry, um, and then you, you know, transitioned into becoming the CEO of Mentorship. And um, so many of our, um, so many of our listeners are looking at making big transitions in their life and leaving or jumping into something new and different. What were your personal experiences with mentoring that lit you up and, you know, really helped you move into this passion of, of this topic that you cover? So I was, uh, I had been in the aerospace industry working on space projects for many years and had really just learned so much through doing that and had kind of started to be where my interests and my focus were just even, you know, emotionally and thought-wise and everything, we're turning to leadership development and mentoring. And although I still enjoyed the space projects immensely, I was spending more and more time, even voluntarily, in that realm. So when uh, my company offered an executive buyout, a, a kind of a voluntary thing for people who wanted it, I, after talking with my mentor at the time then, kind of you know, put on my running shoes and ran down the hall to get the 
the buyout offer. He said, me, me, me. Huh? Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> head of HR said, you were one of the earliest adopters of this. <laughs> that was telling. And so, uh, yeah, I was just ready. I just, you know, in my thought life, in my heart to, to make a change and spring from corporate life to uh, starting my own company. And I had an advisor tell me one time, you know, Laura, you really don't have any idea what it's like to jump from one to the other because in many ways you live in a bubble right now, you know, and when you're going to have to do it all yourself and do the marketing and do the social media and do find the clients and everything, you're going to find it's a whole different ball of wax. But even with that warning, if you want to call it that, I took the leap and uh, six years ago started the mentor shift group uh, with a, with the mission of helping people to individuals and companies to to mentor in a practical and a productive way and then not just stop there but make it so that they could turn around uh, a mentee could turn around after they'd been mentored and then they would mentor somebody so it was an idea of multiplying the mentoring it's that ripple effect right it's that you you help somebody they go help someone i love that yeah so so i was super excited about doing that so that's how i made uh, that transition. Uh, you and, asked about the mentors that I'd had in my life. Yeah, yes. Uh, I'd had a couple that were um, very key in this. Uh, one one gentleman was the one that I worked with, and I just he had mentored me a lot in terms of just kind of showing me how to do it. And he actually just did it by the uh, way that he worked with me. It happened to be my boss a couple of times, and. His name is Ken Mattingly. I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Apollo 13. Um, yes. He was the astronaut that did not go because he'd been exposed to German measles. And oh, um, okay. I, I played by Gary Sinise in that film. And so uh, Ken was the program lead and kind of the face to Capitol Hill and Wall Street uh, when we were trying to develop a new space plane that was going to replace the space shuttle. So uh, we, we were working on this together and I was the business person. And so he took me with him, um, you know, wherever he went just about. And so we went to Capitol Hill. We went to uh, speak to investment bankers. Uh, he took me through the factory floor to show me how the rockets that um, he was over, the, the launch vehicles worked, um, you know, just about everything. He would include me in meetings. And so from that, I, I got a real profound impact about when you're mentoring somebody, not to just sit at a conference table once a month, but to you know grab them by the shirt collar and, and take them with you wherever you go. So that was a real strong example to me. And then I also had a woman who was the head of IT, <clears throat> VP of IT in my company, Linda Brisnahan. And when I was really making this change and deciding to leap from corporate to entrepreneurial, she and I had numerous talks and coffees and get togethers, you know, just shooting back and forth the ideas, the pros and cons and that kind of thing um, before I made my decision to do that. She's still a mentor to me now and it's many years later. So she has become what I call a, a friend tour. So she's not just a mentor, but she's uh, become a good friend. Nice, nice, nice. And um, you said that there was one of your mentors was saying, you know, this is it's things are different when you step out on your own and finding your own clients and all the things that you have to do because things certainly do shift when you when you start your own company. Mm-hmm. Um, how, who who was that person and how how did that help? You know, how did that help your decision to make that leap? 
Um, his name was Brad and he was a financial advisor um, actually. And so he, he just, you know, he really uh, kind of gave me the reality check uh, that, you know, not to expect that you could just pick up the phone and dial four digits and get IT on the line to come fix your computer. But, you know, what were you really going to have to do, Lori, and what team were you going to have to put around you so that, you know, you weren't just a, the lone ranger in your own company, but that you had people there who were, you know, ready and poised to help you. So that was super valuable advice. And, and, and what I'm hearing there is that when someone is giving you that kind of advice, really helping um, from a mentoring perspective in that realm, it's really asking those tough questions to get you to think deeper about what you're stepping into in the future to help you see different angles of it or different sides of it. That's, that's right. It was a total reality check because like I said, it was easy to, to, you know, jump off the board and be, woohoo, I'm starting my own company and here's all my great ideas. And he, you know, more, he gave me encouragement, but more than anything, he gave me, this is what to expect because he'd been an entrepreneur for like 25 years. So he knew what the whole ball game was all about. And I think that's such a natural thing for, you know, I actually remember when I started my company almost 10 years ago, I did have that wide eyed, woohoo, here I go. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was interesting because I thought that, you know, you know, I had 20 plus years in the corporate world. I thought, you know, I know how to do marketing. I know how to do sales. You know, I just, I had this concept that I knew how to develop strategy. And, you know, sure. it, it was, it was a hard lesson of, um, you know, I did jump in and I did go, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally and, and luckily I did have people showing up, at, you know, that, that helped show me the ropes and teach me all kinds of things um, that, that helped with that. But I, I think that reality check can be so important. So that's really cool. Yeah. So let's dig into some, just dig into mentoring. And, you know, we've got a wonderful group of listeners who are tuned in. Um, how can mentoring help our listeners? Well, the first thing I would say to that, Cami, is, you know, transferring knowledge, let's just start there, is like super important. It's important to an organization's bottom line. That's why, you know, many, many companies have mentoring programs. And, you know, it, it also increases an individual employee's confidence and able to do their job. So here's a good story about that, about the knowledge transfer um, part, because sometimes it's a term that's used a lot. Um, I had a, one of my friends had a son that went to um, Haleakala in Hawaii, and he was an, an engineer, a new grad from Virginia Tech. And he went to the observatory there, and he was going to be working on the telescope. And uh, so he was just all eager and all set to go. And he got there and uh, one day the telescope failed and it wasn't working properly and they couldn't get all of the data, the telemetry, everything they needed to do to happen. So my friend son Tom said, you know, well, where's the manual that tells us how to troubleshoot this? I'm happy to jump in, roll up my sleeves in and fix this problem. And they said, oh, the manual? Uh, there is no <laughs> manual for this. Actually, Charlie's the manual and uh, he's on vacation. So anyway, that's happened to all of us too frequently. Right. There's just right. single point failure. One person who doesn't happen to be in the office that day. So everybody's kind of at a standstill. So one thing about mentoring people 
and, and the benefit that an individual gets is that they're that they're equipped to have that knowledge. You know, they don't have to search for a, a hard copy manual, but they've been trained, taught, given wisdom by somebody else so that they can um, so that they can perform a job. And an interesting note is that Tom did go off then and write up a manual for that, uh, just so that that didn't happen again. But he was also equipped then to have it in his head as well. Right. And it, it kind of goes back to how your one of your early mentors was, you know, taking you out and exposing you to new things. And the more, the more you get to experience their wisdom and their knowledge, um, like you said, versus just sitting across the table, I think that that could be really powerful. Yeah. Uh, one of my key concepts, this is in the, the book that I wrote called Mentor Shift. Um, a shift, you know, not mentorship, but mentorship, kind of a different way of mentoring is exactly what you just said, Cammy. that, that I just can't speak highly enough and strongly enough about the power of with mentoring. I mean, taking somebody along with you into real life and letting them see you as a mentor in action. And that is the way that that knowledge transfer is most powerfully passed on to another person. Nice. What are some of the other key principles of mentoring that, you know, if you are a mentor um, or you are being mentored, what are some of the key principles that, that make a wonderful mentoring relationship? Well, I think it's important to know how to uh, spend that time together. It's, uh, it's, you know, too often this is what happens, in, and I bet many of the listeners can relate to this, um, MO of mentoring, you kind of get kind of called in and encouraged by your boss. Well, you know, will you mentor, um, you know, Joe? And so you say, well, yeah, I will. And oftentimes that person might not really have been effectively trained on how to mentor. So what does he or she do? They say, well, come to my office, you know, on the third Friday of each month and we'll spend an hour talking and, um, and, and then that's going to be our mentoring relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so they meet up and, and in the book I wrote, I call it just kind of to add a little humor, yakking, tracking, get sent packing. Because um, <laughs> so, so here's what happens, Cammie. It's like, let's just say I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to mentor Cammie. So the yakking part would be, you know, you'd come to my office and I'd be like yakking, telling you just how great my career was and all the things that I'd learned. And, I, you know, it kind of almost be a one-way transfer of me telling you yak, 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 all the great things that you needed to know about me. And then tracking is the learning and development people, you know, checking the box and saying, hey, isn't it great that Lori and Cammie have a mentoring relationship? And uh, boy, we must be really growing a mentoring culture, which may or may not be true. And then get sent packing, I might say, okay, Cammie, I'll see you, you know, the third Friday of next month. And, you know, hopefully our schedules would work out that we could do that. Well, so the question is then, did your career trajectory or life get changed at all by that kind of a model? Right. Uh, I would guess probably the answer would be no. So you'd it's, want to it's, veer away from something like that. You know, it's interesting you, you share that because I actually had um, a boss one time ask someone to be my mentor and um, she was not within the organization. She was outside of the organization. And that was kind of the experience that I had. It was, it was not a, um, there wasn't a lot of, you know, it was a one-way kind of a conversation and um, a telling conversation. This is, you know, this is what you do. This is what you do. There was no 
there was no um, dual conversation whatsoever. And it just, it, it never seemed to really stick. Um, and it just kind of died out, right? Like you said, it's like, you know, the one month you can't meet, the next month you can't meet, um, you know. And so it just, it, it wasn't, I think, so find, teaching people how to really be great mentors, I think, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be a real hard thing. It can be, you know, just re- remembering something simple like, you know, show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. You know, take people with you. Like my yes. favorite word in the English language for mentoring is with, W-I-T-H. Mm-hmm. It's, that's going to be the, the way that you transfer skills. So I'm guessing that you probably don't remember much that that mentor had to say to you no. that you shared with me about another mentor or two that has made a giant impact on your Absolutely. life. That, Absolutely. That did bother to, you know, take you out of an office setting out from under the fluorescent lights in the conference table and, you know, go into the real world. And have real conversations. I remember, um, I mean, one of my, one of my big mentors was um, Jane Okenbamba, um when I was at my, my prior former corporate company. And, um, what was wonderful? I mean, she had incredible experience and we were going through some, some big changes in the organization and she really taught me how to open up to change and move through the change. But not only did she, you know, share and, you know, and help guide me through a lot of, you know, big changes as the company was growing really rapidly. Um, she also was there, you know, from, you know, there was one day where I walked into her office and I was just so overwhelmed and I just burst into tears and um, she, she sat there and was just there for me, right? And, yeah. and then the next day she brought me um, Christy Northrup's book um, that was, um, it was, I was going through um, perimenopause, right? I mean, I was totally in this kind of a space where there was just so much emotion yeah. ready to come out of me. Yeah, and yeah. in the midst of the, um, you know, the corporate things that I was dealing with, I was dealing with some, you know, physical, emotional things. And, and, and yeah. she was able to like connect those dots and say, look, at, let's talk about some of these things because I've already been through this and, and, you know, I think you're, you're experiencing some of this. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, then I started reading this book. I'm like, this is me. I'm in this book. <laughs> so, you know, having someone that can be there for, for you, um, you know, from all our whole life perspective, I think was really, really important. Um, you know, and I think that, um, she was, was always a tremendous mentor for me. And then another one that popped up for me when I was thinking about this, um, was Amanda Troston Bloom, who I had hired, um, for a consulting project that I had in, in the company that I worked for. And it was, she was bringing a, a positive change management program to my team of marketing professionals that I had around the world. And we were really trying to bring out the best in people. And, um, you know, so it was, it was this awesome, amazing consulting project. But when I left the corporate world, I knew I wanted more of that juice in my life. And so she totally became a mentor for me after I left the corporate world. And um, it really shapes my work today because I'm bringing a lot of that kind of um, thinking and just ways of being into my life and into my way I work with clients. So both of them, you know, were very different, you know, brought different mentorship type approaches into my life, but, um, or gifts, if you will, into my life, but incredibly important. 
Well, and see, uh, years later on both the examples you just gave me, you remember what you learned there. In fact, it still lives inside of you. Like in your body, right? Yeah, as opposed to the one who is yakking, tracking, gets sent packing. You don't remember much about what happened with that, I'm guessing. Right, exactly. So any other principles you want to point out that um, on on great mentorship? Um, I think one, it's just because I... There's a couple of questions that I get asked a lot when I speak or do keynotes or workshops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is mentees, you know, future mentees uh, are asking, you know, how do I find the right mentor for me? So I think that's yes. uh, talking about a little bit. And then the other one is, uh, again, a commonly asked questions. We can take this second maybe as, you know, what's the difference between a mentor and a coach? Yes, it's yes, yes. Super value, valid question. So do you want to start with finding the right mentor for yes. you? Yes, yes. Okay. Let's, let's start with that. Well, first I'll just tell our listener, listeners, I have a, a free ebook that, that you can download um, off my website, lauribach.com. Oh, and it's called How to Find a Great Mentor for You and Avoid Awkward, Aimless, and Arbitrary Searching. So um, anyway, I just encourage you to go click on that and download it and you can get a bunch of, of good um, principles and some insights on that. So, so it's, and it's lauribachman.com, L-O-R-I-B-A-C-H-M-A-N.com. Right. And so, yeah, so, so hopefully you, um, you can just grab that resource and use that for yourself, um, re- regardless of what stage you are in the finding a mentor process. So a few ideas on that, um, on finding the right mentor, because it's one of the most daunting things for mentees uh, that want a mentor. They feel like they're looking for a needle in a haystack and that some, some, some will just throw in the towel um, ahead of time because they think, you know, and there's several people, several times or reasons why mentees won't even take the next step. You know, sometimes it's the needle in the haystack thing. I don't know where to begin. Sometimes it's a pride thing. You know, I don't want to ask somebody to mentor me because it might look like I'm, um, you know, don't know what I'm doing. Uh, there's also a self-protection element. Sometimes that you know, nobody wants to have a bad mentor, but if I pick wrong, right. Um, so, and then, and then also too, just to be honest, sometimes a potential mentee or a mentor, but a potential mentee will think that, you know, mentoring just doesn't add much value. Prove to me what the value is going to be. So, um, so anyway, though, you know, a mentee could start with any of those mindsets before, but the most successful mentees will, will be the ones that come in and say, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I want to try to find somebody, even if it takes a little bit of time, and I'm going to do some due diligence before I do it. So here's some questions to ask um, yourself if you're a mentee. Uh, the first is, do I know what I want and need? Um, and so I'll, I'll give an example from from my career. I, I kind of wrote a little mini mission statement in finding a mentor because uh, <clears throat> I just started my own company. And, you know, as I expressed, I'd been from corporate life to to entrepreneurial life. And I wanted to write this first book, Mentorship, that I mentioned. So I just sort of wrote down, you know, kind of specifically, here's what I'm really looking for in somebody, mm-hmm. somebody who's been, you know, who's published, who has a wide audience, uh, somebody who understands, especially nonfiction, um, somebody who's going to have some time available for me to have, you know, even if they're uh, distance. And so I, I, I made a list for myself of what it was I was really looking for. And, um, and what I 
needed. I needed help in those areas of, you know, how do I um, find an editor? How do I find a publisher? And, and that kind of thing. So, so I was going to make it easy for my um, mentor that I found by having some of those things carved out. There's probably nothing more scary to a, a potential mentor than having, well, like, Cammie, I'll just try it with you here. If I came to you and said, Cammie, would you mentor me? And I just need to figure out everything in my life and my career. Could you help me? <laughs> You'd be like, okay. Yeah, I can't wait. It might be a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. But if I came to you and said, you know, well, you're, you're a well-respected and best-selling author. And I came to you and I said, hey, Cammy, I have some, you know, several specific questions and I need to carve a path out for myself on how to independently publish my book. Um, would you be able to meet with me a few times? Now, yeah. wouldn't that be more attractive to you? And, and I, I would, in a heartbeat, say yes. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just because it's, it's very, um, it's got so much clarity. You kind of see where the scope of this is. And um, so absolutely. So, so, so as a mentee, you want to go in and you want to know what it is that you want. Um, <clears throat> you want to know who you want. That's what I just described. I knew the kind of person that I want. And then you need to know where to look. And, you know, if you work in a company, it can be four or five different places. It might be the person sitting next to you in the cubicle. Uh, it might be somebody who's in a different department. You might find somebody uh, online through LinkedIn. Uh, there are several places like findamentor.com. Oh, or interesting. A, a host of other places where you can almost kind of like put a profile on and you, know, you can find somebody to help you and they don't even have to be anywhere within your sphere right now. <clears throat> um, so there's one called mymentoradvisor.com. Uh, there's another one called micromentor.org. So I'm not endorsing any of these, but I am putting them out there of, uh, that I've seen that they've had lots of followers and that they've had, um, you know, people that are, that are using them. And so they're worth uh, the listeners just checking out if they're trying to do it in kind of a virtual kind of thing. Okay. So you need to know where to look. You need to know how to ask somebody. And this is always a funny one because... You know, again, Cammie, if I came to you and, you know, I didn't know you very well, and I go, hey, Cammie, would you be my mentor? You know, that's like, oh, no, I use the M word. You know, what does that mean to you? What <laughs> With does the big capital to- M, yeah. right? What does that mean to me? So a quick story on that. I, I knew uh, Deborah Fine, who's a, yes, uh-huh. I don't know her yet, and I'm sure you know her, but she's uh, wonderful, and she's a best-selling author and a speaker and everything, and I had gone to a a Women's Vision Foundation, a Women's Success Forum, and I wanted to get to know her so well. This is right before I left corporate life because I knew I wanted to, in quotes, be like her. So I went to her breakout workshop at this, and I sat in the front row, and I listened like a little, you know, eager (laughs) waiting for a treat to to see what she had to say. And then I kind of hung around afterwards while she was signing books and everything. And afterwards, I went up to her and said, Deborah, you don't know me from Adam. And um, I really would love to understand and know your journey uh, of how you've become successful like you are. It's what I want to do when I leave my company. And so if I would, could promise to buy you a Starbucks, the best latte you've ever had, I promise to only take 45 minutes of your time. And if you'd meet with me once, I would just be always grateful to you. 
And she stood and looked at me for a little while and she was kind of quiet and it seemed like a long while <laughs> that she was quiet. And then she said, you know, Lori, I will meet with you. And I know I don't know you, but you just seem so darn earnest. And, um, and you know, for 45 minutes, yeah, I'll do it. And so Deborah and I met and um, I, you know, I took down the contact information and set it up and everything. And she was a wealth of knowledge in that 45 minutes of what I should do to jumpstart what what it was that I wanted to do. My point in doing that is when you ask somebody to help you to, to um, you know, especially the initial encounter, probably don't use the M word. Do you want to mentor me? Right. Um, and, you know, make it time bound and, and do it with humility because that person is, is giving up their most valuable thing, which is their time to, to spend some time with you. So, um, so anyway, those are just a few tips on finding the, the right mentor for you that can make it a, le a little easier versus daunting. And one of the things I, I took away, so did Deborah become one, a, a longer term mentor or was it a single time um, mentor? You know, she has become again, kind of what I called a friend tour. Okay. She and I are kind of friends and we kind of see each other once in a while, but it, it's not a mentoring relationship where we meet, you know, right. Every two weeks It's kind of like whenever I have a question about, speaking or writing i'll shoot her an email and she'll answer me back or maybe we'll have a quick phone call or we run into each other at nordstrom's and talk for a while or something right. and so it's 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 a way 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 more in, informal than yeah, and, some others yeah and i think that's an important um point to make is that mentorship can take all different types of form you know all different shapes and forms um you know sometimes it is you know, very casual and sometimes it's much more formal. So there's a spectrum there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And you said that you also wanted to touch on the difference between um, mentoring and coaching. And I, and I'm, I'm eager to hear this because, you know, as a coach, um, I, I so believe in the power of coaches. I've had incredible, incredible coaches over the years, but I also have had incredible mentors and both of them bring different, values into my life, different, you know, ways of helping me, you know, make that next step of my life, um, work. And so talk to, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So mentoring and coaching, I'm the same as you, Cami. I've had both I have awesome respect for what both does D to describe what I observe is a little bit of the differences between them is, um, that, Mentoring kind of takes a broader view of a person, might even be a little bit longer term, whereas coaching might be more focused on specific development areas and issues that the person wants to work on, mm -hmm. maybe even has kind of a set duration. Uh, and then a really important one is I think mentors often are more experienced in the area that the mentee wants to pursue. Doesn't mean that they have to be older, doesn't mean that they have to be more senior in it. Um, in the organization, they can just have more experience or knowledge uh, to pass on. Whereas a coach um, doesn't have to perform their coaching on the basis that they've had direct experience in their client's formal occupational role. Uh, and so, you know, they, they can effectively coach and ask questions and, and, and work that specific and skills focus kind of thing without having been in it. So, so those are kind of two big questions. I've heard a quote before that says, 
I kind of like it. A coach has some great questions for your answers. A mentor has some great answers for your questions. Oh, that's so, interesting. I like yeah. that. I yeah, like I like that. that. So uh, both are, um, I, think we, I think we all need both. Yes, I would agree. And what about what, another top or another um, type that pops up for me is like an advisory board that mm -hmm. you might have in your life. Um, how does that kind of play into the mix of this? Oh, uh, we used to call that, uh, my former workplace, a kitchen cabinet. I don't know why they called it that, but uh, it was a kind of a cabinet of, of different uh, disciplines or different coming from different places in life and work that were able to look in on your specific job or task that you had at hand mm -hmm. uh, when, um, and, and able to offer their perspectives on it. So the value of that was just um, all the varied viewpoints. Yeah. And so what I'd encourage, you know, all of our listeners to, to think about is, do you have coaches in your life? Do you have mentors in your life? Do you have advisory boards in your life? Who are the people that are, you know, that know your story and know what you're wanting to make happen? And, you know, because it does take a team when you're creating, you know, change in your life, when you're when you're setting big goals for yourself. It's not something that any of us do in a silo. And I think that's the really cool thing is, is that it's, you know, how it all interconnects. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so when, when we are in a mentoring relationship, either as a mentor or a mentee, what should we do with that time together? Well, it kind of goes back to what we were um, talking about, you know, that, that, you know, set up things that, well, first of all, the very first thing I say is set up kind of a time frame for it and really importantly, set up check-in points because you want to have a little bit of structure to it. The worst thing that can happen with a mentoring relationship is that you don't have a, an end point or you don't have times to check in because then it can just go on and on and then maybe you'll kind of quit mentoring and quit seeing each other and then pretty soon the mentee sees the mentor in the hall and, you know, dashes into the girl's room or whatever. <laughs> it like looks the other way. Yeah, doesn't want to because they don't know what the state of the mentoring relationship is. So first, you know, set up that little bit of structure and say, you know, mentee, you take the, uh, you take the onus upon yourself to say, you know, can we plan on doing this for six months? And then maybe at the second and the fourth and the six months, we touch base on how it's going and, you know, something like that. So just so when you do that, it's not weird. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so I would say do that first. And then when you do meet, I go back to the with mentoring things. Yes, of course, you're going to have to meet occasionally at the office and mm -hmm. just talk. And you might want to do that. If you've mm -hmm. got a specific thing, like I had a hard day with my boss today and I really need to talk about it. But I encourage even more. Okay, go talk about it. But walk around the building while you're talking about it with your mentor or do it over lunch or, you know, head over to the coffee shop and do it. Or, um, you know, do the plan out, hey, during our six months together, I would really love to do these three with experiences if, if I could, you know, can I go with you to a staff meeting? You know, could I, could I be involved when you're having a conversation with this person or something like that so that you can use, you know, your eyes, your ears, all of your psychological and your physiological um, receptors to, to be able to gather information from this person. Nice, nice. <clears throat> and so you, you're, you're setting it up, you are, um, you're setting some key milestones or touch points to work through. How do you actually gracefully exit a mentoring relationship? 
Well, that's, um, you know, because you've got that time where you say, hey, we're starting in January and in June, we're going to evaluate if we want to go any further. If you've got that guide rail, that handrail, then if, and even if you're a mentee and your mentor is higher than you in the organization, you know, you can say, oh, it's June. So we were going to talk about, you know, if we're going to go forward or if we're going to call this good or whatever. So you've got a very natural way to do it without either person feeling awkward. And honestly, it's more the mentee who would feel awkward, you know, especially if right. there's a difference in position. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you set that up ahead of time, you're able to say, hey, time to check in or time to make an assessment. Let's do that now. And um, so, so, yeah, then you can gracefully enter it. And, you know, there's, there's just a couple of choices. Either we, we go forward um, or we, you know, decide not to go forward. And so right. you can just talk because about you, that honestly then. You laid that foundation to start with. That's right. nice. I like that. So how do you mentor and guide women today and men for that matter? You know, right now I've, I've done mentoring so many different ways. Um, when I was in corporate life, I, um, I really like circle mentoring or group mentoring. Um, I, I did a thing where I mentored eight mentors and then they each had 12 people that they had in a circle mentoring kind of thing. So that was really fun. And it, and it I like that, like a hundred people in our organization. And so I worked uh, specifically with the eight mentors and then they turned around and worked with the, their 12 people. So I'm a big champion of group mentoring because of all the cross pollination that happens uh, right now. I'm, um, I'm circle mentoring again, um, a group of moms and, you know, that are kind of going through raising teenagers and I have one that's in college and one that's in high school. So, you know, it, it makes kind of for a good blend. And uh, so, so we spend time doing that way. I like, I like the fact of being able to touch and, you know, and be influenced and impacted by several different people. Right. Right. I like that. And I love the circle mentoring because I, you know, that you're mentoring people who are going out and mentoring on top of that. And so I think that's, um, again, it's that ripple effect that we all want to make in the world, the difference that we want to make in the world. So that's not, that feels really, um, feels really warm and it feels really impactful. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard this statement, you know, and you can agree or disagree with this, but you could say, you know, you haven't really accomplished your job as you're a mentor until your mentee becomes a mentor. And I think that speaks to that replicative process you just said, Cammie. It's like, you know, if you hand the baton to me and I just hold it, that's not very fulfilling to you. Right. If I give it to somebody else, you're going to go, now that really rocks because now it's gone through two people. Yeah. And I think that's, I think um, what you're saying there is that, you know, yes, we all have mentors that we, you know, we, we, we can seek out, we can set up, but it's, also a very important question for us to be asking ourselves, who can I help mentor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. So who are your personal heroes and how have they really made a difference in your life? Well, the one that shoots to the top automatically and most strongly is my dad. Yes. And so my dad was a, um, I grew up in Nebraska. He was a, um, in the cattle business. And as a, as a young person in high school, he taught me about agriculture and the cattle business. And it went from everywhere, Cammie, from, you know, riding in the pickup truck with him and, and looking over and assessing the, the pastures of cattle to going to auctions with him to um, learning how to shoe a horse, learning how to 
you know, stay on a runaway horse, um, every element of the business. And I was with him, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it really was kind of a beautiful story because he, because he had spent all that time with me when my dad, uh, after 60 years in the cattle business, had um, unfortunately encountered that thief that comes in and steals a person's memory called dementia. Mm. Uh, He wasn't able to perform his business and he had three more deals to do. um, And then he was going to retire. And uh, my mom called me and said, you know, even though I'd had all these years in aerospace and had not done one thing in the cattle business for humpty hump years, she said, can you help dad and go with him on his last three deals and help him get his business closed out? And so I was able to do that, and we drove up to Wyoming three times and um, got our Krispy Kreme donuts and our boots on. And, and I went <laughs> up and I uh, conducted the deals with him, and you know was there when we loaded the cattle onto the trucks, and and I and I did the business side of the deal and negotiated with the the ranchers. And um, on the way home, my dad said to me, "I'll never forget. Uh, I could only have done this with you." And I said, I could only have done this with you, Dad. Oh, and, and oh. sorry. And uh, that was just a testament to um, the whole with mentoring thing that I talk about, Cami, is that even all those years later, I was able to go still do what my dad had taught me and still help him wind up his stellar career with dignity because he had taught me how by taking me with him. So he's my personal hero. And, um, that that's it was just an awesome thing to be able to experience with him. Mm, thank you for sharing that story. I know you've recently lost your father, so um, my heart goes out to you and the strength in this story. Um, it's just it's you know that it, it emphasizes the with and so in such a beautiful way that um, you know it, you learned it from this very foundational place of of getting to share that with your dad and. Um, what a what a special statement that he said to you. You know, I could have only done this with you. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and thank you for that. Yes, yes. So, um, tell us about how you're helping bring mentoring teachings into the world. I know you are working with corporations, and I just want to make sure people understand what you're doing and where people can learn more about your, you and your work. Yeah, great. Uh, well, so I have a, a few avenues to do that. I do um, get invited into companies often to do workshops. In the book I wrote, uh, Mentorship, yes. I have a process. Because um, I really think mentoring is not a program. It's a process that you learn, like I described, like my dad taught me. And so I have the, the, the key words I use in my process is know, show, grow, go. And that's one way of handing off the baton from one one person to another. So I go into companies and I kind of teach that process so that, and a lot of times companies will have uh, mentoring pairs already matched up and they want to know, okay, now what do we do, you know, when we're together? So I go in and I help uh, with that. So I do workshops, I do keynotes, and then I also do coaching with those mentor and mentees or just with mentors or just with mentees to help them feel comfortable with it. Because last thing I ever want anybody to do is be in an awkward, you know, awkward feeling kind of thing with mentoring. So, so I just go in there with that mission to, to help make it a natural fun thing. And then also always with the idea to um, have them be thinking 
Like if I'm mentoring you, Cami, I always want you to be thinking, who might I mentor next? And so again, the, the multiplication. And the other outreach I have is with the books that I've written. I've written three um, about mentoring. I mentioned the free download and um, then the couple of other books. So, so that's, um, that's what I do now and that's what I love. And they're on your website at lauriebachman.com. They are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 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 Okay. As we wrap up today, what I'd love for you to do is share three pearls of wisdom that you can leave with our audience today. Okay. Uh, first of all, let's see. I would say to mentors and mentees, uh, mix it up, number one. And then by that, I mean, if you are a mentee, you know, have a mentor that's older than you. Have a mentor that's younger than you. Uh, mm-hmm. Have one that's short-term. Have one that's long-term. I and mean, these aren't all happening at the same time, but I'm just saying, you know, seek out. Don't always do the same thing. Right. Mix it up a little bit. The second like one that. would be um, if you're a mentee, make yourself an attractive mentee. Like when you go in uh, to meet with your mentor the first time, do some due diligence on them, you know, find out who they are. So, so when you go in, you know something about their achievements and accomplishments and offer them stuff too. you know, send them an article, um, you know, give them some suggestions on things so that it's a give and take, I think. Um, so, so as a mentee, you're not just a taker. And then the last thing, uh, is make it fun Uh, it's not under it's not yakking tracking get sent packing make your relationship with that person so that you leave that mentoring relationship with a smile on your face and so do they because it's it's a great way to exchange life and and exchange you know career life with 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 each other and so um, just have a good time doing it oh I like that thank you so much Lori this has been great I know our audience is going to love it And I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today. Cammie, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at CammieGellner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.